0: People. Welcome to episode 56 56 of the Scary Crit Podcast. It is just me and Jared today.
1: Uh, just us, just us, just between just us. You know how it goes. You guys know how it is. You love that, the, the intimacy. It's just us, you know. Um, but yes, welcome back to another episode of Scary Crit. Uh, We're your host, Jared and... Mel, Lauren, yeah.
0: whatever you call me. I don't know what the people in podcast land call me.
1: All that stuff. So we hope you guys are doing good and had a good week or having a good week. Um, I, I feel like we're having a good week because we are finally back on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> that ordeal is finally over. Thank all of the, the universe and the things that exist.
1: Thank the stars. We're back. Yeah, it was... It was a long time, y'all. It was a like, long time. Mel Mel checked the thing and it said, You have nine days until your password is available for And I was like, like Nine days.
0: But it went down to the hour. The day that we could change it, I logged on and what did was it like say? you have 15- five hours. Oh. You have three hours. You have 20 yeah, minutes. I was yeah, like, what 15 the crap? minutes. I was like, what
1: <laughs> is this? But, but yeah,
0: so because it's a it's a it's not your personal account or my personal account. It made it, it made it wait that long. So if we were trying to log into someone else's account, it could cancel out and all, and all this other stuff. So, Yeah,
1: guys, it was, it was kind of a lot, but we're back and we know that is, I think that is our most preferred method of listening for you all. So we are so sorry about that, but we thank you for hanging on. We're back. We hope to get our numbers back up. Um, If we haven't, if you guys didn't see it already, we'll probably be spamming the stories and stuff for just like, you know, reminders, like we're back. So listen on Apple, because I know a lot of you missed our season premiere and that just really gutted us because it wasn't on apple but we're back now and so you guys have a chance to get all caught up um and then for today i think we should just jump straight into it you know (laughs) exactly she knows she knows
0: roxanne elizabeth lamell evans get your shit together sit down
1: she can't the excitement it just it just it just took hold of her
0: sit down you're embarrassing me in front of my friends i don't appreciate it
1: as it takes hold of us all. But yes, Roxy, we are going to now open the Negronomicon. Oh. Calling it over. Um, This time. That
0: is my, I need you to know <laughs> of all the sound effects that recur in our episodes. That is my favorite one.
1: Really? Winifred. Of the
0: recurring ones. Winifred. All day, every day. <sighs>
1: I love my sound effects. Last week was so much fun. <laughs> you and you and LB gave me a lot of material to work with, and you know how I am with my references. It's the same way when I do like memes that translate into the sound effects that I use. So it's just like, what can I? What would fit here? I'm just listening, and something will just click, and I just have to go find it. So yeah, you and LB gave you. There were so many moments last week where I just had so much space to really get creative with that so thank y'all because that was that was definitely i would say that one and um our anaconda episode with d180 were some of our funniest episodes like my god
0: <laughs> we have guests i feel like our guests never disappoint no i would say never disappointed lb dis- didn't disappoint d180 dis- didn't disappoint never we have quality we have quality critters that come on here very
1: very excited for our next one we'll tell y'all next week who that is um but yes Negronomicon. so um on our first page for today um mel and i actually had a little weekend excursion um it was saturday in the morning about 11 and mel gave me a call and what did you say
0: because shouts out to Rico 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 in our very 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 first season Rico Rico probably in our very 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 first episode because Rico is the talented artist who designed our logo
1: which is just iconic I mean iconic you guys are going to see it everywhere one day I just Rico Rico did that Rico thank you I need
0: him to update it now that I have locks
1: Rico Frederick uh Oh, you don't you don't want it out
0: anymore. I love it, but my hair doesn't look like that anymore. Oh
1: my god!
0: I don't want to update it, but I feel like, I don't know. Anyways, that's a conversation for another day. But so Rico calls me up because he did the graphic design on an off Broadway show that was closing. That was their last episode, and uh, not not let last episode. That was their last. <laughs> Showing, I don't know, theater words. Um, And he couldn't go. So he was like, it's horror. It's kind of in your wheelhouse. Do you and Jared maybe want to roll through? So, of course, we went to the Connolly Theater in the Lower East Side.
1: It was very lovely in there.
0: and, And had a grand old time. So Page 73 is this really cool production company that I'm so glad that I know about now. So their mission is to give a playwright their first off-Broadway show, which is super, super dope if you think about all of the people trying to get their start and all of the people that are trying to get their artwork made. Um, I think that's a really cool mission. But the name of the play is called Man Cave. Yes. um, And it's an intergenerational story about... I can read the synopsis. Yes, please read the synopsis.
1: Okay, so about the play. So, Immaculata has gathered her friends in the fortress-like mansion belonging to her absent employer, a wealthy Republican congressman living high on a hill in Sedona, Arizona. Together, they convert his luxurious basement man cave into their own spiritual war room and protective sanctuary from the violence of men, both real and supernatural. The play was very, uh, first of all, I just have to give it up. I just have to give it up for that set design
0: it was really good it was so good
1: it it just like the way the way that it was so we are really in a basement and it would just like it looked just like a basement and the the washer and dryer were right over there and i I bet you they worked um
0: well they did for the light gags anyways
1: yeah and it just it and and in the wall that would have been like um the uh like the largest wall in the basement that was the that was the audience that was looking out into the audience
0: but even to the way that they that they altered the set or altered the face of the the stage to make it look widescreen
1: yes yes like there
0: were so there was so much detail put into how the the audience was supposed to look at what was happening
1: i've never been to a play where um they had like their their um how do you mean it? how you said widescreen that's so perfect because there were these digital borders that you mm-hmm. didn't realize that was that that were there until um, they were activated because that was when they would show like the I wouldn't call them beats, would I? Like chapter markers. Chapters. Um chapters of the play. Like and it was Mel and I were beside ourselves at the first one because and we're not making this up, it was titled The Descent. That was the very first chapter, um, and we were then,
0: laughing. No one else is laughing, but we were. Because <laughs> we inside joke, you guys. Inside joke. It. Inside joke.
1: And then the the lower the lower bar um, at the bottom, um, those are for subtitles when the characters um, spoke in Spanish in I would say the last act of the play, mm-hmm. and it was just it was such an immersive. Experience because I think that's the beauty of theater. I don't really go to theater, now. I don't go to shows, um, mostly because you know the coin isn't really there. But I mean, hey, we're anyway. Um, that's why
0: Off Broadway is a move because the tickets to that show were like $30. Yeah,
1: very, it was very affordable. And it was just such an immersive experience, and it's so different from, say, you know, um, when I go to the movies or when you watch the movie at home, because being in an audience and, like, having it be a live stage, like, it's a, it's a different kind of interaction. It's a different kind of experience, and it is just so fun, and it is so electrifying to see the way um, – these people like work the way they the were um i can't imagine the amount of rehearsals that went into into this and and then the the lighting was just so um, the lighting mel was just so the Lighting
0: design was amazing amazing was absolutely who amazing.
1: who did the hold on who did the lighting um lighting designer uh, lucretia bristino girl give it up give it up please because it was just like from it being like morning like the sunlight to there being like a thunderstorm the sound design was also very well done Mm -hmm. um that was uh michael costagliola shout out again to rico because he was the graphic designer for this play my god we have some talented friends girl we We do do. we We really do we have a very blessed friend circle let me just tell y'all but um the artistic director his name is uh john Jake caswell man cave is his baby i really do hope that this makes it to broadway um soon uh i or just to um maybe um a bigger venue just to where it can um, have a wider audience you know reach more people because it was just it was very well done um i love the thematic material again the acting was there and I, we just had a really good time. I'm just, I love going to um, plays and stuff because it's so outside of my element. Um, I think the last time I went to go see something was, I think I went to go see uh, King Kong on, on Broadway. And that was for a uh, work thing at one of my previous jobs. And that was amazing. Like the puppetry and everything, that was an experience. Mel is looking because she- It was she an ain't. experience. Mel was looking because she ain't like it.
0: The puppets was cool. I, I keep telling everybody there was this moment of like EDM laser lights and it kept happening. And I'm just like, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> it was not my favorite thing.
1: So it's definitely, so going to, going to these um, experiences um, really makes me want to have more of them and really makes me want to um, go see more theater, especially when it's um, in like our wheelhouse of, um, of horror or like uh, social themes.
0: But that, I think, was the interesting thing because I don't think I've ever seen a horror-themed satire play that wasn't a musical.
1: And it was and it was satirical. Sat- satire yeah. was one of its main genres yep. as well. So, yeah, it, yeah you're right. That wasn't a musical. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't really... I've seen musicals, but I don't see them too much. But yeah, it was just, it's just, again, it's just a different type of experience. I just, I'm so eager to have more. Like before mm-hmm. before the pandemic hit, I was in a position to where I could actually afford to go see um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. And I still want to go do that. But, the fa- but now that it's back, you know, I'm not going to say after pandemic, I'll say after quarantine. Um, it's not two parts anymore though. It's one part, and you know I have a passport now, so I would rather fly to London and go see it there in its original setup of two parts because I just really want to get that full experience. And my favorite um, music artist, Imogen Heat, bless her, um, is a person who did the score for that, which I think is amazing because I used to listen to her while reading the books, so it's just perfect that she was the one who got to do the score for the play. But I would, I just, now I just, I think I have the theater bug mail. I just, I want to go see more shows this year. It just, it was such a good experience. And I'm so glad that we got to have it together. It was a good time, you guys.
0: Yeah, it's good. I always try to go to as many places as I can throughout the year. So you should, you should go. Have, you, you know what Today Tix is, right?
1: Yes, I do. The, oh, do that's, that. yeah, that's how I, Um, I think that's what I used to go see Avenue Q before it, um, you know.
0: You saw Avenue Q live? I did. It was such an experience. I'm so jealous.
1: My God. It was like, it was their last run. It was during like their last run. I had to go because the funny story my friend, Josh, all the way from freshman year um, of undergrad, um, used to talk about it all the time. And mind you, this was 10 years ago and I never forgot about it or 11 years ago. And I never forgot about it. And I, I was over here. It was showing and it, but it was like their final stretch. It was like after this, there's no more. And I just said, let's just, we need to go. We need to go. Um, and it was on today ticks. So I was afford like, before it, I went and it was crazy. It was so much fun.
0: I'm so jealous of that. That's was- like, my dream it's
1: it like was, adult muppets and it's it, great it was so much fun so yes guys um i highly encourage you to you know get some go out to the theater um but especially if you see that um man cave by john j Castle jr and directed by taylor reynolds is um playing um art at a theater near you at some point in the future check it out it's really good um next page is neganomicon so, um, and I'll keep this brief. but um, as Mel and I were well aware, um, as well as lb and the rest of the you know black congregation, um, the 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 events that um the Oscars, you know, with Will Smith and Chris Rock, the slap as it's called, um this past week has been the fallout from that. And it's just really telling um the way that will smith not only um um rescinded his membership to the academy um as like a consequence but the way that now his projects are being put on hold now the bag is being stopped and that bothers me because the the academy has awarded men who have done so much worse than that slap could ever do, and yet is like going after, or the industry is going after um, Will Smith in a way that is just it's just very vicious. um It's, and
0: it's a violence. It's, yes. It's a, it's a it's a really pointed violence, and so I live and die on the hill of that argument. Right. I also understand how we got here because this was a violence in all the air quotes committed on academy property basically right so it's kind of like you know you could do whatever you want outside of these four walls but once you enter these four walls you can't do all that by that i kind of get the argument of like, okay, something needed to have happened. But my issue here is, like everything else, the academy is filled with systemic issues that, are, that disproportionately have negative effects on black and brown people. There are so few black people in the academy in comparison to the total number of people who exist within it and it is upsetting and it is disheartening that we have now lost someone who can vote for black and brown films we now lost someone in our demographic in our mindset social circles whatever you want to call it he he is one of our lifelines into this prestigious institution that essentially determines value because uh... You, as an Academy Award winning so-and-so, you get more access to more money, more funds, more opportunities, more doors, more tables, more whatever. And now to remove on the night that he won an Oscar, now he has to resign from his membership is ridiculous, especially because that is one of the reasons why I die on that argument. None of the men, who created all of these other acts of violence were forced to resign. None of them, not a single solitary one. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, but I also think that this is a, is a, is a really, what is it? A cautionary tale Uh. that you can mold your persona, your personhood, your, your, the, the way that people look at you, you can do whatever you do to make yourself palatable. But the moment the moment you are too emotional, the moment that you are too black, too ghetto, too hood, too violent, too whatever, you will be thrown to the wolves and no one will come for you. No one will defend you. Not a single solitary person. And that to me is wild because I feel like how long has he been working? And he's rubbed shoulders with all these people in one way or another. Over and 30 no years. one has defended him. No one has said that this is outrageous. And it's outrageous. Outrageous.
1: There's just so much that you have to do. And he's he's so, for over 30 years, he's so carefully curated his image and his career. And then to see it smeared and, and broken in one night with one action Um, that honestly didn't even have anything to do with the the people that are now ripping the rug from under him is just asinine. And it just reminds me of the way we have to, how Black people in these white spaces, we have to code switch um, out of survival. And I'm reminded again of scandal with the character um I call him Papa Pope but Olivia Pope's father and these talks that he's had with her where it's just like you have to be twice as good to get half of what they have and just all of these things and just the uh I in his in his in his apology letter he had said that he is a work in progress.
0: But we all are I know we all are and and it's and You know, today I was walking to to my house and there was a family, it was a a woman, what I assume was another family member and a daughter who must have been 12 or 13, who was clearly going through something. Because they was yelling and screaming and carrying on in the streets, right? And you do what you do. I'm looking, I'm trying to be nosy, but I I caught myself and I'm like, who am I (laughs) to be a voyeur on someone's worst day? Right. Let me let me collect myself because I've been in that situation where I'm the one carrying on in the middle of the street. So it's unfortunate that on Will Smith's worst day was a national televised event. I know. Right. But the fact that there is no one here with grace, that there is no one here with concern is 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 upsetting. And all and but all of will these freaking internet think pieces and op eds and opinions and this and that is is irrelevant. The point here, the, the 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 saddest thing is, on his worst day, they just let him. No one, I felt like no one cared for him in in the aftermath of what is happening. And or, it's
1: crazy, or or even uh, Jada for that matter, because you see the amount of. Misogynoir, and um, the way that she was being called out her name by um, other comics, and it's just like this is where this is where this stemmed from. And also, who is who's checking on Jada? Who's who's um, who's also defending Jada? Because especially with the man who made a documentary about um, the what black women's hair means to them. But
0: I can make a documentary tomorrow about frogs and I'm still only going to learn but so much about what that is, about the species and the kinds and what they do and don't do and how they thrive. That does not make you an expert, nor does that make you have more compassion than you already have. Yes, it should, right? For someone to spend their time and their money and their energy making a documentary you should be invested in whatever it is that your subject matter is that doesn't mean you will be he is who he is period and there is no like i feel like that's a false equivalency like oh you did this so you should do that i don't know this man all i know <laughs> is that he got slapped in the face for saying something he shouldn't have said <laughs> and it's it's just i it's just yeah. i feel like it's all become entirely too much
1: yeah, they it's, it's been blown out of proportion. Too much is going on. Like y'all are really dragging it out there. Um, I really need Netflix to cut it out and just resume production or whatever they were doing with that film he has over there. And then for Bad Boys Four, if y'all could just like resume, like I just I just think y'all are I think y'all are dragging it. He he he. Rescinded his membership, which as Mel just outlined, is a big loss in many different ways for the Academy, as well as for Black creatives and, and people of color creatives who are not only in the Academy, but looking to get in the Academy and also who look up to the Academy. It's just, there's just all across the board, this was a big, this is a big loss and I'm interested to see the repercussions from that, and I want to know if that is as glaring as what they what they perceive um, his action to be on that stage. Like, do you do the do the do the consequences that this is that this is inherently creating? Um, are they do they do they actually? are they worthy of the of the offense
0: this is why everyone needs an hr department they need an hr department because who did this investigation
1: but but wouldn't wouldn't hr though like be on the academy side because that's what hr is there for, for they the need, com- i don't know the they need a
0: th- third party they need the someone else because who did the investigation
1: you know what they need You need
0: need a a therapist. therapist.
1: You know, you You need need a therapist. Will is seeing his. I wonder who they are seeing, because y'all need to talk to somebody. Not us. Not us. Not not on. Yeah, not me. Talk talk to your therapist because some of y'all need it. Um, now, (laughs) moving on from that, um, our last page on Ergonomicon um, is. I just wanted to say a couple words about. Gerard Carmichael. Um, His special, um, Rothaniel, premiered uh, just this past week on HBO. Um, I will preface this by saying um, before this past weekend, I wasn't too familiar with um, Gerard. I did know of him, like the Carmichael show. I've heard about it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it or or watched his previous specials on hbo Um, and i know that he also hosted um snl um this past saturday and i really need to watch his opening monologue because i've heard nothing but great things but i bring him up because um it was about a one hour special on hbo max and the what what the headline is you know is um Gerard Carmichael comes out as gay on his, uh, you know, new HBO special. And yes, that is important. And that is like the, the center, the centerpiece. But I think the, the core of the special was the fact that it didn't, it didn't feel like a comedy special. It felt like a, it felt like a therapy session. And I think a lot of it was just so retrospective and introspective because the way Gerard was using not only his time, but his space on the stage, there were just, I think, the best moments of this. And there were so, and this happened so many times, but which made it almost awkward because it was just so intimate. I'm not used to seeing it because he was really letting us in where these, moments where he would he would stop talking he would not be looking at the audience but he would like look down or he would look away like very pensively and he would usually like kind of be like kind of folded up like i am now like like deep in thought or like almost embarrassed about um what he's saying or how he's saying it or like um allowing like just like I don't want to call them awkward silences because I think they were very meaningful, even though they may have felt awkward. Cause I'm just, so, I'm not used to seeing that. And it probably would have been um, even more intense if I were in the actual audience during the taping of the special, but he just, he would let his words and thoughts hang there and just like sit with them while also trying to find what he was saying next, because he was talking about um, his, his family um, particularly his his father, his brother, and the biggest was his mother and his relationships with those three people based on and around his sexuality and the fact that he doesn't really have a, he doesn't have the most ideal relationship with his mother because she is being like very religious. She um is, she can't bring herself to accept his sexuality so she just kind of doesn't talk about it and the way that this is the story for so many um gay black men and boys with their parents and it was just it was and it was it was a funny special like there were some there were a lot of funny moments especially in the beginning but it just got more and more um like very um Beautifully somber um, towards the end, especially when he was talking about his mother. That is where there were the most of those pensive silences and pauses. And I've never seen a comedy special where, and I say it was a—I say it was like a therapy session because there were several moments in these silences where the audience, you couldn't see the person who was speaking, but there were uh, yellow subtitles on the bottom screen where they would talk back to him they would ask him questions like do you think how does this you know how does this make you feel do and just it was and he would answer them he would actually answer them and it was just so beautiful because he had prefaced it by saying that I want us to be family in this room like I don't because he said like my whole life is based on secrets and basically he was like telling those secrets like really opening himself up and
0: ask you a question yes were there jokes
1: yes there were jokes Mel there were several jokes
0: I know the way I, I
1: I know the way and for those of you listening I know the way that I'm talking about this makes it sound like there were no jokes or it wasn't funny it was he did his job very well I'm just saying there was just this aspect that was permeated throughout that that really like I said was the core of it and just really made it stick out to me as more than just a comedy special because it was just so like, it just, it, you really feel like you're in the room with him and you're like, you're not, you're not just laughing along you're listening. You're like, you're actually listening and you're listening to understand him because it it sounds like he, he wants to be understood and he's just like really opening up himself in this way to be understood. Um, and like, it, and it, it, the audience really did feel like family because there was like um, a moment where he was talking about like his interest in, um, men, where it seemed like some black woman audience were on his neck. Um, but then it would switch to like offering support and words of encouragement. And it's just, it's just, and it really felt like there was really this family aspect to it too. And I really do hope that, um, Gerard is able to talk with his mom because, um, I think he's spoken to her like at length about it, but he, ha- he hadn't spoken to her like he was speaking in this special about it. But he did say this is something she's going to see. So I, I really wish the best for him and his relationship with his mom as well as his um, brother and his father. Um, but the way that the special was shot was so well done. Um, I didn't know this, but Bo um, Burnham um, directed it um and he also edited it and the the camera work was very like the lighting cuz the whole audience is like doused in this this really um beautiful deep blue light to where you can't really see their faces you see their silhouettes and you can see like when the camera's close up you see a little bit of their faces but since it's focusing on Gerard and the audiences in the background, even when it goes back to him, it's like the faces kind of fade out. So the audience could be anyone, which just adds to the, you know, like the intimacy. And also the music, it was like very um jazz and piano centered and it was snowing. I think they filmed this of course during winter in New York. Um and it it reminded me of Christmas, but like that, you know that that <laughs> That that sad, somber, serious aspect of Christmas, you know, um, that's what it gave me. And it was just, guys, it's such a beautiful special. I'm, I haven't seen comedy or, or a special this moving since um, I watched um, Whoopi Goldberg's uh, 20th anniversary, like, Back to Broadway special. I don't remember the character's name. I'm sorry, you all. But um, it is the the last act in uh, Whoopi's uh, back to Broadway special, the 20th anniversary one. Uh, you all can find it on YouTube under um, the title um, Whoopi, A Lesson for Everyone. And yeah, I just, I haven't seen like such poignant stand up since this segment of Whoopi special. And it's just, it just really makes you think. And I I really appreciated his vulnerability. Um and I love his first name, Rathaniel, because Gerard is actually his middle name, um, and it's just it it's just such a good special, you guys. So, um, from me to you, I highly recommend it. And Gerard, uh, thank you so much for um, your vulnerability and being so open with us, and um, you know, embracing this aspect of yourself in this next chapter of your life. And um, I really do hope um, things with your mother. Uh, your relationship with her improves okay and that was the negronumakon um mel it is funny though i swear just watch it it's it it was funny he is funny i didn't,
0: i didn't mean to be an asshole but it just like cuz from your description it sounded like a like a i don't know like a meet the artist or like a like an unplugged situation and not necessarily like a stand up
1: an unplugged situation I didn't think about it like that. It's just, I don't know. You gotta you gotta watch it. Maybe you'll come up with your own opinion. But I just I think it is worth a view. It just I was watching this morning. I finished it shortly before recording. It was just very good. Um yeah, it's it's on HBO Max, it's available. You guys should check it out. Uh just shout out to director of the photography, who just Sam Levy. Just visual treats. Very well done. Okay. Yeah,
0: visual treats.
1: Just, it was just it's just so beautiful just I just love how they're the way it communicates the emotion anyway um now for the crit this week we are um dipping into uh our friends over at d180 uh did one of his works uh just recently they they did it from 2017 so we are also um going to be taking a page from the stephen king um How's it- Welcome
0: to the Stephen King corner. Right.
1: Wide repertoire, or library of, you know, just all this material he has. My God, that man just the right. writes. He, writes, he just, just writes. writes.
0: Goes to Maine and he
1: writes. He, he goes to Maine and he writes. We're talking about the 2007 film The Mist, uh, directed and written by uh, Frank Darabont.
0: Now, Frank got some credits.
1: Oh Shawshank, yeah, let's,
0: let, let's Green talk Miles, about that. Let's talk Green about Dream Warriors. That. Like he, hey, Frank was putting in work before he did this.
1: Mister Dara, Mister Darabont has horror chops okay he is he is not unfamiliar to this genre I mean not around Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors from 87 the the remake of the blob from 88 uh, that was the one with shawnee Smith who a lot of us know as Amanda from the saw series woo um so woo-woo. he yeah, so, yes yes woo woo so don't don't mock me. don't do me like that. But let me let me have a
0: combination of the lack of enthusiasm and the jazz (laughs) hands. (laughs) There was enthusiasm. There was no enthusiasm
1: at all. Um uh, whatever. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Okay, I'm done with you. Anyway. Um, and yes, he did do and he and he did do a lot of uh king material. He did Shawshank Redemption. Um, he did um the Green Mile, which um the Green Mile. Is such a good movie. But if you guys have not ever read the book, please, please read the book. It is so, so good. And one of the most descriptive books I've ever read in my life, like King's, the way he describes things, like the detail, it just, oh my God, that man can write. And Shawshank Redemption, I first saw that film, I think in 2014, um, with a with a close friend at the time, and it had one of like that ending is one of the most beautiful endings I've ever seen in cinema ever. It just it just made my heart soar like when they when they see each other on the beach, and then it's just and then the it's that wide shot and the soaring school. don't
0: get emotional.
1: I'm sorry. it just it just ah, uh, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. But yes, Frank, has had his hands in in many heavy pots here, and so for the mist, which is uh, I think just as heavy, or he made it you know heavier because it originally was a um, a novella, like a ninety page novella. Um, I currently have it in the um, anthology book, uh, Skeleton Crew, over here. I'm looking at it over on my bookshelf, um, and it was a ninety page novella. And it, there are a lot of differences between the, the, the movie adaptation and the, the novella because the creatures are barely mentioned. They're not, especially in terms of description, um, they're not really... They're there, but the, it we don't see them as much, or there's not as the much de- yeah, w- there's not as much detail about them in the novella as there was in the movie. So it's amazing what Frank and, and Co. were able to do the way they were able to expand on that. And also the endings were wildly different. And we'll and we'll get to that. That's one of our yeah. uh main that's one of our conversation points for today. Um, so to give you guys a little brief synopsis, um after a powerful storm damages their main home, maine. one thing one thing about Stephen King y'all he maine. is gonna set a story in Maine we're go, we gonna go to maine even if it's even if it's a, if it's a fictional town, it's gonna be set in Maine baby. Maine. So I gotta give it up for him because I always struggle with like location as a writer like especially because it's like do do i make a fictional town and a pl- in a place that is real or do i or do i just set it in some place i know but king don't give a fuck about that he just be saying it's maine we but it's, maine. It's, it's it's maine but it's a it's gonna be dairy which don't exist but it does here but, anyway. but that's the
0: cool thing because you i think because it's always in maine we have a very clear picture of what stephen king's maine looks like There's always a coast nearby. There's always like a very specific group of people that live there. It's always clear cut, even though we know we're not in the same town.
1: Right. Right. You're so, oh my God, you're right. You're so right. So (laughs) um, in Maine, Damages their uh, after a powerful storm. Damages their main home. David Drayton, uh, played by Thomas Jane, who you guys will know from Deep Blue Sea, he played the uh, male protagonist in that and his young son head into town to gather food and supplies soon afterward a thick fog rolls in and engulfs the town trapping the draytons and others in the grocery store Terror mounts as deadly creatures reveal themselves outside but that may be nothing compared to the threat within where a zealot played by marcia gay harden calls for a sacrifice <laughs> Where is your enthusiasm?
0: You know what I was enthused by? What? Did you peep that, the poster that he was working on? Yes, I wrote dark it tower. down.
1: I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Where are my notes? It was, he was, he was painting the dark tower. Um, and then over by the window, it was um, the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. I wrote them down, girl. Okay. He was painting the dark tower. Shawshank Redemption was there. That was the Mm -hmm. next one. The thing was over there. And then Pond's Labyrinth was right by the window. So he was a graphic artist, and I'm thinking he was just painting like posters. He was working
0: on movie posters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because that's what
0: at at, in the aftermath of the storm when he threw it into the tree. Yeah. That's what him and his wife were talking about. He's like, Yeah, they can pump out a really crappy one in like a couple of hours. I should have taken it downstairs, blah 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 blah. So his profession is He's a painter that makes custom movie posters.
1: I mean, and they have a house on the lake. He must be making bank unless the cost of living wherever they were is like... Dirt cheap? Well, I wouldn't say cheap, but it's I don't know. Small town, I don't know. But yes, so he's a graphic artist. But that was such a fun little Easter egg because I'm just like, Dark Tower, king. Shawshank Redemption, king. Now, The Thing and um, Pond's Labyrinth are not king ips but i'm thinking maybe that maybe uh darabont is just fond of those films
0: but it also helped us place the universe i feel like because in the thing there were all of these monsters that we had to try to make people believe existed and then once we were all on board we had to figure out what we were going to do right and it was the same type of thing we're trapped in one location I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust you. I got to, you know. Uh, so, choose, da, so the da, da, isolation
1: that. and paranoia mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. And for Pond's Labyrinth, maybe that had to do with like. Because in that one, she had to do three tasks, remember? And I felt like this movie can really be. You know how Man Cave had the chapters? I feel like. Yep. I feel like the mist had chapters. Like oh, yeah. um, the gate. the um, The pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how, what 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 should I say? I called it the winged, like you know all the but the you yes I know dramatic, but you know it just and I'm thinking like maybe they just had to, it was similar to that they had to go through all these things in order to try to make it out. So the movie is it is definitely horror, but it it's a it's not so it's not. You know, jump scares or really, or um, like gore or anything like that. It's more like uh, what what would you call this kind of horror? Mel? Like, um, uh, like it, it's definitely a creature feature. It's definitely a creature feature, but it's it's it it focuses on the horror of of people, of of like the of the person because it the the film. And I think this is kind of like, even though the mist came before this, I feel like this and Stephen King's other novel under the dome um from i think i think under the dome was either 2010 or 2009 let me see and i do i also have that book at my first job i would actually <laughs> take it to work with me to read and when i this and that book is thick that book is the oh my god that book is so long under the dome Yes, it, that book is so is one thousand seventy four pages. It is not a tiny book. Oh my and, god! And because I am, I am a um, hashtag hardcover whore. Um, <gasps> it is. It. I have the. It's so heavy and all that stuff. So, it it, it that that novel is from two thousand nine. But I think they both kind of mirror or or complement each other because they both focus on. What happens when a group of people is cut off and isolated from the rest of society? Um, what happens within there? How does society break down? What, what happens with the power, with the power grabs? How does paranoia take hold? Um, because there was a lot of, you know, uh, Lord of the Flies, you know, going on there.
0: But, and that's what I was gonna say. That this because it's all sci-fi, right? And I think that Yeah,
1: okay. Yes, yes, sci-fi, a lot of the yes. horror
0: with sci-fi in particular, it, it's not like traditional, like mad scientist, it's the end of the world. And I think that this is one of those like end of the world conversations of like how do you react? How do we move through it, et cetera, et cetera. And it, I was thinking War of the Worlds.
1: Yes. I was
0: thinking mm, yes. what was that movie with Marky Mark where there was like a Airborne virus that uh, will make people kill themselves. You the know fucking about? happening. Yeah.
1: The happening.
0: You, oh my God. You sound so mad. No,
1: because, <laughs> because, because, how do you, I just, I wasn't expecting to see A listers in a B movie. I was, ex- I was expecting a B movie. That's what it was. I was not expecting a B movie. I was expecting, you know, and then I watched it. I'm just like, Girl, what, what is going on here? Why are the they- pheromones
0: in the trees. It was the and pheromones. the acting. The acting was just, again, it was- It was a lot. It was, or it what was the, the crazies?
1: The crazy, yes, from 2010. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
0: And I think that it all kind of- Yeah, the crazies, the crazies was, was good, really though. good. But I think it was all along those lines of like, you know, here are all of these people that cohabitate together. Because that's like in the mist. that's all they really did. It was a really small town, but there were factions of who hung out with who and who was right and wrong or whatever it was. And now we're all trapped in this world-ending situation. How do we navigate through it with the least amount of casualties?
1: But then how, how do you navigate when it gets to a point where people are starting to agree that casualties have to happen for the survival of the group?
0: Right, but then, and we'll—I guess—we'll get to that because then it's like, which, well, who wants to be a casualty, and who determines the casualty?
1: Bring me the boy <laughs> and that
0: whore too. Get the Sacrifice whore too. Sacrifice them all. Sacrifice them all.
1: <laughs> Expiation, Mel. Expiation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, this, aside from like very, being very unsettling and just like disturbing on a lot of levels, because you get to see like the 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 dark underbelly of humanity like this, the, or the dark side of like what happens when rules and, and societal norms break down and there's this disgusting paragraph and just how it reminds me of that line, all monsters are human.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just, it was just very disturbing on that front. Um,
0: But I think too, that,
1: it was just a painful watch in certain point at certain points in certain areas. You just you just sat there like almost like the red wedding. Like you just like this is really but happening. But I think
0: because like on the other side of the power grab situation, I also feel like it's it's this like who do we who who do we trust enough to to be in charge slash who can we blame when things don't go as planned? That's another thing. You know what I thing. mean? That's because it's like thing. I don't this... want to be in charge. Because if you die, I don't. That's not my. That's not on me.
1: And there was such a desperation for there to be a scapegoat in this this horrifying and senseless situation. There was there was this this need to point the finger at somebody.
0: But that's such a I love that moment because you're talking about the moment with, with um my vampire guy the private right
1: vampire guy who he is played, he
0: from? he played a vampire in um being human is oh. BBC show. really good but,
1: is it, what, wait BBC is he English yeah oh my god I would have never known it happens all the time reminds me when I found out Christian Bale was an American. <laughs> it's like, girl, what? what, what, Why are you talking like that? <laughs> um,
0: but I think that that's a that's a because it happens all the time, right? And you could go back to like the First World War, and people would do that.
1: Yeah, Private Jessup. That's what you're talking about, played mm-hmm. by Sam uh, Whitworth.
0: But okay, so before we get into the the story and the meanings and the metaphors, I forgot. How stacked this cast is. Oh yeah. Like, like insane. Insane. I always forget that Andre Broder has done other things besides Brooklyn 9 that I have seen him in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yes, he was in this too. He oh,
1: yes! was. He definitely oh, yes. was.
0: We know never... Lori Holden.
1: Yeah, Lori Holden. Garcia Gray
0: Harden, Thomas Jane. Like, this was. Toby Jones, and then what's my guy from um, Shawshank? Williams Adler.
1: <clears throat> that's why he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew him from so many movies, but one was trying to stick out my memory and it just couldn't. And that's why, and Shawshank was referenced at the beginning too. That was a dead giveaway. Um, we also had Melissa McBride in here um who would you know a lot of you all may know her from the walking dead um that's what
0: i was gonna say because it was jeffrey demun and laurie holden and um juan gabriel they all went on to do the walking dead
1: oh that's great isn't it it's mm-hmm. great so yeah the cast was stacked and i think they did a phenomenal job of carrying their weight because something that i love about the mist is how and that's what makes it such a jarring watch is how real the characters feel. And I I, I think that also has to do with the, the fact that it's kind of like a small town. There's kind of like this kind of, um, everybody knows everyone. Um, everybody's but like on a first name thing basis. So
0: cool because the the extras in this were used so, so smartly. And that's not the word I want, but it was so... The way that yes, thank you. Okay. Okay. The way that the extras were used was so intentional because it was like this core group of extras became a part of the cast. You know what I mean? So there's our main cast, and then there are these other like background people who who help fill out the world because it would otherwise it would have been too too, um George Romero, we're stuck in a mall. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, too empty. yeah. yeah, but it did but it didn't feel like they were, they were there, but it didn't feel like they were just there to take up space. Like they right. actually did play a part.
0: Yes. And they moved the world and they helped change things around because when, when, um, what is her name? I am terrible with names. Miss Carmody started gaining more power. You could see it visually because more people would shift over to that direction of wherever she was at.
1: Yeah, he and was, yeah, he, uh. wow uh david was saying like um by this time in the morning or a couple hours she's gonna have four more and she's gonna keep growing and growing and we got to get the fuck out of (laughs) here
0: yep yep and it was so good because even the the butcher the guy that worked at the the grocery store he's such a pivotal extra to me because of like his stature and the way that he was doing like the devil so good so good
1: Yeah. So this the way the way the movie handled the extras with intention was very smart, very clever, um, especially towards the the climax of the film because it's just like um, these people aren't just background characters; they're not just day players. Mel.
0: <laughs> no, and I cared about everybody. Yeah. Like, because in each moment where we left the store. Or where the barrier was broken I was like oh my god who are we gonna lose <laughs> right, right right and I was so concerned about the people who essentially became you know a microcosm of this town
1: yeah because and again um it 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 does something when everyone knows each other um because when the the movie very quickly establishes um in like the first 20 minutes when they're when they're on the um market before the before the mist overtakes the parking lot that so and so knows this person. Everybody's like on a first name basis. There, oh there's there's um the the teacher who taught me when I was my son's age. Like she's still there. Then it, it makes it that much harder when things start to break down, it's just like I don't know who you are anymore. I don't recognize you. Yep. But would the butcher have had normally stabbed um, Private Jessup three times before um, helping carry him to the belly of the beast? (laughs) Because evil does what, Mel? Evil dies tonight. This is the best, like, recurring joke we have, I think, in our arsenal. It's just... It will I,
0: never die.
1: It will never die. Will never die. Uh, um, so where where do we even begin? Um, oh, I know. I know. I want to be... And I don't think I put this in the outline. <laughs> but I want to start with the way... I want to start with um, Frank's direction. But really um, how... It was the film, the how it was filmed, because the way this film was shot. I hate it. Oh, fuck.
0: I hate, I see what he was trying to do. Oh, damn. Understand that he was trying to make it like a documentary, right? Because some of it, I appreciate because some of the angles and the way in which we position the camera makes you feel like you are one of the survivors in the grocery store with the Motley crew. That I feel. But then there are these other moments where we cut out and it's like, it's movie time. And we have these really standard shots happen. And I'm just like, what is going on? Oh. And like the zoom ins and zoom outs. And I can't, it was it like, was a lot. You didn't like it because was it, it
1: wasn't consistent. It would keep switching. It was
0: moving around. Just do okay. one thing. If you want it to be like a documentary, make it be like a documentary. Don't be coming back and forth and back and forth and in and out and in and out. You know, I hate a half step. And I feel like he was half stepping. And I was mad about and
1: it. Step on. See, that's why I'm glad we're friends. Because you, we, we get to see things in different ways, and really like kind of um, expand the other person's like view of that. So, I, I actually didn't even think of it as document the the way that you the, those shots that I really I didn't I wasn't thinking about them as a documentary, but they they did seem familiar to me because they just seemed like the camera was acting as, like, it's really, like, kind of putting us, if if not inside the character, right next to them. Because mm-hmm. especially, and this is established so beautifully once we enter the supermarket, because the camera will do this thing where it will zoom in on who is speaking, right? And then instead of it being, like, a cut, to whoever was responding or what have you, the camera will actually take its time by trailing over mm-hmm. to said person, resting on them until they've said their piece or they reacted before say going back to um Mr. Drayton, our, our protagonist mm-hmm. here. Um and it was just the way that it would like zoom in and focus and pull out and then go over here as well as like follow our characters but it just did it so in a way we're just like we're right next to them or we're we're seeing exactly what the camera wants us to see but in a way where it's um it it's it's it it takes its time it doesn't just it doesn't just rapid cut it will trail over and i really really love that because i never Again, doing the show is having me um, watch movies differently, um, and so watching this again, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to that. And I think also being on set and you know, getting to know Jesse, um, it's just it's different now when you see it from that angle. And I'm watching it and I'm saying like, oh, so, oh, so I wonder if this is what they meant by doing this. Like, because I, I, mean, I wasn't really interested in like dp stuff you know or angles and stuff like yeah but now it's just i would say in 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 recent years it's really it's really become like um a focus of mine i i i um, either do actively or subconsciously and watch the movie and i just really love the way frank um or or um are working with you know the dp the way they set these things up um with the with the static shots or the you know the ones where it felt like a traditional movie i think they really used those a lot when it was a during the creature action. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and it made it feel, you know, like, uh, especially if you saw this in theater, when it came out, it makes it feel, you know, like um, standard movie fare, which is fine. But I just think that, that, that by doing this, that thing with the camera, um, it's just, it creates this kind of um, intimacy where it's almost trying to create like a, a kinship with the viewer, which again, the way that is working in tandem with the, with the narrative fact that um, everybody in this small town knows one another. Like it's trying it's like, it's trying to tie the audience in with them. And I think, and I think for the most part, it part,
0: it worked. So something else to keep in mind too, about the cinematography. So um, Frank directed an episode of the shield.
1: Ah, and with when Michael Chiklis, right?
0: Movie, is that his name? Michael yes. Chiklis,
1: yes. Okay. He, Michael
0: Chiklis produced it and starred in it. Yep. Yes, yep. So when he was trying to make this, he liked the way in which the team, the camera crew on the Shield, filmed the Shield.
1: Ah. So the, he, he
0: asked them if they would make this movie with him, and that's what happened. <clears throat> So I think that that might be another disconnect for me visually because you can get away with things doing episodic television that you can't necessarily get away with quote unquote in film. Uh-huh. So it's not a bad thing, right? It's just that it wasn't sometimes what I expected the camera to do is not what the camera did and I had to reconcile with how I felt about it. You know what I mean? So I might want, I'm probably going to watch it again. To, to look in the ways in which all like all of the, the ways in which the camera moves and cuts and does other things just to see. Um, I also haven't watched the shield in forever.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. so
0: I might go watch that again too, just to see the similarities in, in the two projects.
1: Yeah. It's just, I just think it was really good camera work because it's um, a, a really, and another really good example of it again is towards the beginning of the movie where, um, the, the mist begins to um, come. In. It starts when the alarms blare. And that's just such a interesting um, but also very frightening thing about small, small towns is when they're, that emergency alarm goes off, it literally, like, freezes time. It's like everybody stops what they're doing, gets, like, the same confused or worried or on edge look on their face and like look set to see what is happening and so when the mist starts coming that's when we see um dan miller played by uh jeffrey Duman, um running in and he's you know like the his nose is bloody and everything but the camera it's it's following him but it will like zoom in on him and pull out but then zoom in um and like it's following him as he is making his way in the storm uh, in in the
0: storm
1: in the storm it's the part where he's like um some- <laughs> I'm sorry, something like in the mist something in the mist took john lee i'm kidding but yeah where he's like something in the mist something in the mist took john lee again small town things because john lee like the first and what is probably the middle name or that's maybe the whole first name john lee is such a Small town name, but yeah. Um, but
0: I think that that's because cool, this whole, and I think it's also because of what I'm reading, right? But it gives me Europe during World War I, World War II vibes of when the alarms would blare because the bombs were coming.
1: Yeah, they're under siege.
0: And everyone had to run in for shelter. Yeah. And when you are in that environment, what do you think about? You think about John Lee where's john where's amy where's ben you don't think about the space you know what i mean you don't you don't think about what's happening to the people you think about the people you think that i appreciate yes when they zoomed in on his face because that's what you would be if you lived in that town that is what your question would be oh my god what happened to you why is your nose bleeding i mean did you and you saw
1: and you saw the way everybody reacted once they um saw his face like where once he got close enough to see the blood on his face Uh everybody uh reacted immediately like this this recoil of shock like what is going on something is not right and it just makes me think that by having this set in a small town where there's kind of like that kinship of um familiarity what would this movie have looked like if this were shot say at um A CVS in Manhattan,
0: like Cloverfield. Huh, but
1: but that only focused. That really only was from the vantage point of four people.
0: Right, but whenever they entered into a crowd of other people,
1: (laughs) oh, you're right, you're right, you're (laughs) right. It was
0: still them four, and then they went on about their business. You're right. There was no sense of. There's no sense of
1: are you okay
0: community at large right
1: are you okay um, Because
0: now they they come on my side of the fence you being here threatens my survival y'all got to go
1: (laughs) somebody would have got shot yeah and they were all looting the stores you right you right you right okay okay i like how you said that but yeah it's just again having it be like this this contained set but also um this small scale like of of having it be like a small town. It's it reminds me of arachnophobia, how even though the family was new, everyone else knew everyone. Like everyone mm-hmm. had the same doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's gonna know something's amiss when people start dropping like flies.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
1: so, But so.
0: then there's also this sense of of comfortability in all of this unknown because you have the characters just like the guy, um Ollie. Ollie. When when Mrs. Carmody started being crazy in the beginning, he was like, for those of you who don't live here, this is who she is as a person, right? <laughs> so it's like there are these there are these characters that that we can rely on to act a certain way. Cause I think that was the other turning point. Tropes. When when Jim started following even Mrs. Mrs. Evangelical Death, Death Brim Fire and Brimstone. That was a really big turning point, I feel like, for a lot of the, for for our core group of people. Because that's not who Jim was. So when we have a person who is steadfast in a way that then completely changes their behavior because they are afraid, now we all have something else to fear.
1: Fear broke that man down completely to the point Mm -hmm. where he became an entirely... Different person. Different person. Like Jim became, I mean, he was already like a contrarian and like you know, making stuff worse from from being the one who egged the egged on the gate being opened, from being the one who turned on all the floodlights um during all the with the with the bugs I and saw, like that. Okay,
0: I saw that. That was weird, right? Like that was crazy.
1: I don't think he because I mean to to, to his to his defense, he did not realize what was going on with the lights. He didn't real because he wasn't at the front, he didn't realize that that's what was attracting them. He was just trying to, he thought he was helping. That's the thing. That was Jim's whole thing. He thought that he was helping. And the last, and the three times that he tried to help, everything went to shit. The yeah. gate, the lights, the, the pharmacy, pharmacy. It did, And, the, and the, it was the pharmacy when he got to see the creatures, like, head, in head on and almost uh-huh. died, was mm-hmm. this close to death, it broke him down completely. And that was when Mrs. Carmody was able to slither in and take him over, was able to assimilate him, essentially, because mm-hmm. he had nothing left. And he was, he was, it was like one of those things where this character can be a good guy. Or he, he can be a bad guy. and
0: But that was the thing that bothered me, I think, about the whole plot. Is that there is no good and evil in these situations, I don't think. It's like, because Mrs. Carmody was Mrs. Carmody through and through. She was always talking about revelations since before the film started. She lived in a town and said, if you looked at her funny, you were going to hell. I know people like that, right? Right. Everyone has seen one person like that. It's just that in this situation, her ideas radicalized people because she was this constant in this storm of not knowing what was going on. The Bible is always a blanket to explain away life and to explain away things that we don't understand. Let me tell you. So if a majority of the people in this room, it's because, okay, David, Mr. Drayton, was sitting here trying to do the best that he could do but every time he entered into a room somebody died he went to the back the little the 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 bagger boy died norm norm dies but he honestly
1: died of his own hubris
0: right but if i'm in a stressful situation and we got monsters and shit we in the middle of nowhere and we got monsters coming out the desert Every time you go with a group of people, you come back with less people. I don't want to talk to you
1: anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, and I know it would have been a, an extreme reaction, but for the situation they were in, which is extreme, it probably wouldn't appropriate. He should have probably just choked him out. Or, no. you know, or, or, you know what? He should have slapped him. Shut up. Shut that would, have, that would have gotten some sense into him. Cause it's just like, you are not going to die. We are not going to die. Keep your ass in the house. But no, he wanted to go outside so bad. So,
0: But it's hard. It's hard. And I feel like.
1: Because they weren't able to let those. They were trying to tackle that situation. With what they were familiar with. And in that situation. What they were familiar with. Did not apply. It. They were having so much trouble. Adapting to this new reality. Which is why it was so easy. For things to um, descend into chaos the way they did. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. But, and then honestly, in all honesty, if we think about the group of people, the number of people who started in the super, in the supermarket, and then the number of people who were left in the supermarket, once our main core group, of people drove away, mm. the people who were left in the supermarket now have a higher chance of survival because there's less people to feed.
1: This is very true. Also, how fucked up was it that that bitch stole their groceries? They ain't got no food. They ain't got no water. They done Surprise ran out of gas freedom. too.
0: Oh my god! Price you pay for freedom. Figure it out. To, to freedom. freedom. <laughs> um. Can we talk about uh Mr. Norton for a second? Yes. Because. How 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 serendipitous is this that black people just exist in this town in Maine? Because there was more than Mister Norton. There were some. There were some black extras floating around the grocery store. Did you?
1: How noteworthy is it that it seemed like almost? It, I won't say all, but um, he wasn't the only black person to walk out of the supermarket alone. But it felt like that was the rest of them, though. <laughs>
0: There was at least two towards the end when, when the private got stabbed, there was at least, I saw two of them.
1: Yeah. But some
0: people stay behind.
1: But Brent was a nasty piece of work.
0: But it's interesting because he was othered in so many ways. He was othered because he was not, but it was, his personality was kind of abrasive, right? Yeah. Very. But that is because he, um, it was not from this town. Mm-hmm. I feel like anybody from New York that goes to Maine or Connecticut or wherever is is perceived that way. That is like the stereotype, right? I'm like the, the uppity, pretentious guy from the city that doesn't live here all the time. With my expensive car and my... Lake House or whatever. I don't know.
1: Wasn't there a conversation but, during some characters about that? About some, was it about David or somebody? About like um basically, you know, they thought that
0: when the tentacles thought, happened, when Norm is killed yes, and they yes. go back in to tell him what's going on, he's like, Oh ha, ha ha, very funny. Like, y'all hicks can keep your jokes and stop trying to disrespect me. Like he had this this preconditioned. Um, distrust with them and i think that his pride got the better of him because he he already didn't trust them but I think, and that's when he pointed all this out
1: i think jim was also doing the same thing to, though to david during that same scene right before they opened up the gate when david was trying to argue back um and jim felt slighted because he thought that david was trying to use like his I don't know, his his influence as someone who has the kind of career he has or the degrees he has um, and who moved away and came back or something like that. And Jim felt like he was trying to get a one up on him because he thought he was better. But he David wasn't trying to do that. He was just merely merely trying to say it's not safe. And
0: right, but also he could have been. Who are you to say it's not safe? You don't know. Do you know because you have a degree? You don't
1: do. Do you know? Do you do you really know?
0: Do you know the Muffin Man that, <laughs> that lives, lives on Drury Lane? Drury Lane.
1: <laughs> well, she's married to the Muffin Man. You were supposed to say the Muffin Man, and I was going to say the Muffin Man. Oh my God! You know, you know, come on, classic Shrek. Okay, I was oh, also man. thinking of uh, Whitney's interview with Diane. Do you really know? <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. <laughs>
0: I think that that goes back into the politics of living in this small town because, you know, I think that these are, are slights that would normally just kind of be let go. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's just because like the whole thing with the tree was so funny how the tree fell on the boathouse. And he went over for the information and then they drove into town together. And then the little boy was like, Yeah, his tree fell on our boathouse. <laughs> like, there's so even, much tension there already. Yeah,
1: even when David was like, So uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh your tree like kind of flattened my boathouse and um oh my god, wow, names. And Brent is like, What about it? <laughs> like and? Like and so, like right. I saw so it.
0: what I went and then it's it was also. I remember the first time watching it when it's revealed that like they got into a fight and he sued him and lost and like
1: yeah yeah all this other stuff because now that plays into background
0: right and that plays they they got
1: history they got beef
0: and it plays into everything else that's going on because not um not only am I a black man in this small town that I'm not from, I'm a lawyer who sued one of the who was in 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 um fisticuffs with one of the most prominent people in this town and then as a lawyer i sued him and lost
1: and you think you won't try it again
0: no not today not today so i'm not like you know and it's it's interesting all of the reactions that we get to see after the fact Mm. that play into how we got to where we got
1: because it was the power play there were. It seemed to be there were three key players in that. It was gonna. It was David as the protagonist. It was gonna be Brent, and then it was uh, Mrs. Carmody. And what happened was Brent and a small group of people left. It was very. It was very um, day after tomorrow, where it's like um, either we're gonna go and try to make it out or we're gonna stay Mm -hmm. um and like and and we'll try to we'll try to um you know hash that we'll try to stick it out and the people that had left I think they ended up perishing
0: yeah they all died in the parking lot
1: yeah they froze to death oh I'm sorry where I'm still talking about day after tomorrow
0: oh yeah they froze yeah they they froze
1: to death it was like it was like police officer right who was also yeah. black who went and like they ended up freezing to death and even though they were they almost died as well but the people in the library made it but this is like the inverse where or the reverse where it's like you feel again like you feel like you have to leave to survive mm-hmm. um when it, but it's also like or should we stay where we think it's safer? And so when he, when Brent and his crew left and were never seen or heard from again, which is very interesting that we did not see Brent again. We never. Because didn't he see- died.
0: Didn't it just assumed that he died? Because that other guy got split in half.
1: Yeah, he got bisected, uh, which was another great scene. What is up with us watching movies where Rope Burn is like a a feature? I don't know. Like first it was first, it was first it was the first it was the descent with Rebecca and then now it was um uh the mist with uh David and everybody else who was trying to hang on to that rope. That was a crazy scene. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um but yeah, so he when when Brent left, I felt like there was a shift of the axis of power, it shifted because with him gone, that gave Mrs. Carmody more of a, a leg up. You know. you know
0: how they say in, in politics, you divide the vote mm. with him leaving. He, they, there wasn't a division of vote anymore.
1: <laughs> and did you see how Mrs. Carmody didn't even try to stop him?
0: Why would I get out? Less, there's less mouths to feed. Please leave. Whoa, whoa. What would she have said? Um, sacrifice yourself in the name of our Lord and Savior. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Just pennies in the jar. <laughs> uh, in the jar. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the movie, yeah, we, he has never seen or heard from again. Um, and in terms of black characters, uh, I would say him and the um, MP were probably the most significant. Um, yeah. And no Brent, we, we don't, we can assume that Brent died, but we don't know what happened to him. We just, again, he was never seen or heard from again, but the MP who we first saw in the supermarket but then went next door to the pharmacy right before the mist came in um we actually do see him back in the pharmacy with the spider creatures um
0: and that oh Oh, go ahead go ahead
1: and that was also the scene where it was revealed that um the army had something to do with the mist
0: yeah well that was it it was confirmed i think anytime you see a lot of tr- like army trucks leaving an area. <laughs> They've always done something wrong. Because
1: he was saying, "I'm it was it was our fault. It was our fault. Fault. I'm sorry." And then y'all know how that scene goes. If you don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. But um, if you have arachnophobia, don't watch it. Be still. <laughs>
0: but can we also like to talk about the creatures for just a moment?
1: Oh yeah, let's. Yes,
0: there were only four. The bugs with the sti- the stinger bugs
1: the dragon the dragon uh, bat
0: thing yeah the spiders oh i'm sorry there were five the big one if you want if to if you think that the big ones were, were different there's five
1: so okay so uh, the 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 crab creature um that got um i think that oh, got six
0: the... The, oh, the t- no five because the big one of the big ones at the end had tentacles
1: and I think that was the same one, though, from the gate. From the
0: beginning, right? I honestly the think slide. that
1: was hit. Yeah, because yeah, and and there was that there was that one the crab creature that got I think both that biker guy and then um, Private Ollie. Jessup. Um, oh, it also got Ollie too. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. And um, the spiders, the yeah, and then the um, the 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 scorpion the winged scorpions because they did you notice their tails looked a lot Mm -hmm. like a scorpions Mm -hmm. i I just noticed that when i was watching that's
0: what she said that was the bible verse she said go back and listen to i don't remember what the bible verse was but it was said something about scorpions in it
1: and then the uh like the bat dragon creatures. so yeah so the movie the creature design i think was really um it was really like it 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 was a great way to visually show how insane things had gotten because i couldn't get over the creature's eyes like they seemed very like zany like with the with the how they looked spiraled um like you can really you can see this um very clearly um with i think the spiders and like the uh, they're not hornets, but uh, the hornet creatures, like their eyes. They just seem very and like.
0: They, yeah, they did. a. I mean, I, I'm not going to say they did a good job, though, because the CGI was terrible. It was terrible.
1: It, it didn't age well, y'all.
0: It was terrible because the fact that after they cut off that tentacle, the practical tentacle looked so good. The one that was, like, flopping around. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they went immediately yeah. back
0: to this terrible CGI. Like, why did we do this?
1: I mean, look at look the part when uh, the large cynical tears apart the dog food.
0: It was terrible.
1: The CGI did not age well. It didn't. No,
0: it didn't. Poor guys. <laughs> and I, you know I hate bad CGI. Like, we could have avoided all of this.
1: But the movie was still very good, um, you know, in spite of that. Yeah. Um, I would say the 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 best part with the c g i was probably with the uh i think the spider scene i think i, mm,
0: I that was because of the practical effects not because of the c g i uh like the webbing the well no I guess the part where the spiders like burst out of his chest was cool his back everywhere
1: his neck his back yeah everywhere um and the way the creatures were, because you know, you had the giant crab-like creature which bisected people. You had the tentacle, the tentacles which um, could were sentient in a way where they could also um, like devour. They could, they didn't only squeeze, but they it's like they had like those sharp spikes, but they also looked like it had like a mouth running yeah, the Yeah, running the of length it. of it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: how it ate the dog food, and yeah, it just, it was very yeah. Uh, and um the the way the um the hornets uh, i'm just gonna nickname hornets uh towards the end you saw that they built nests yeah like like wasp nests and mm-hmm. that were being brought, so that's how they reproduced and and with the uh the dragon like bat creatures they ate the hornets as like food the, as that as that was their food source there's like a system here and they seem to swarm around that gargantuan creature uh towards the end yeah um so i'm wondering if like it, it's it's a weird like they have the creatures seem to have like an ecosystem with each other because they're from with the with the mist they're from uh it's from an alternate dimension they said and they said they it, it was like a window or a door and they they're working on like this project the 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 novella does a better job of explaining it than the movie does but they kept the they they kept the window open too long they weren't able to close it and that's what caused the miss to um have them to come over into you know the real world and it was just very interesting you know the way the movie based these creatures kind of in realism in a way because the way you know how moths are attracted to light, they did the same thing with the hornets and how spiders um will um
0: lay eggs and do all that
1: wrap their wrap their prey yeah. in webs. And I I really love the way that the wet the webbing um was acidic. How they shot that it was like a cool. that was yeah. a really that was a really and it burned
0: through his skin and it was the yeah, like whole thing. That
1: was so sad to me because they went there for his brother, who was suffering from like first degree burns when they were trying to do he it. was
0: being stupid. I'm sorry. That was dumb.
1: You, you kind of
0: deserve to die because you lit yourself on fire. That his, you, he was being ridiculous. And his
1: brother died from like blood loss because it, it it must have it must have hit a major artery in his leg. This, uh, and that's the only explanation I can think of when it when it cut through. And he just died now to leave him there. And then um was it revealed shortly after they made it back that um, his brother didn't survive his burns? Yeah, he
0: died through the night or something. The guy, yeah. the main character went to sleep and then we, he woke up and he was dead.
1: So, yeah, it's just, and it's just like, damn, they went over there for nothing. The, yeah, it, there's just a lot. Uh,
0: so, but, and that goes back into what I was saying
1: the hopelessness of it all.
0: How it's not outside of the, the realm of possibilities that Mrs. Carmody amassed a bunch of people we told you, or she told you not to go out there. And you said you was going to do that anyway. And look what happened. Death, destruction.
1: She said, it's death out there.
0: And you, and you don't found it. And now here we are. And I'm just like, so it's, it's, it's like, you know, I think consistency in this case is, is kind of the key. And if you keep consistently showing that the plans and the ideas that you have don't come to fruition and they didn't the end of this movie proves that you he had no follow-through you just had an idea and you had no idea how to execute it
1: damn you gonna read him like that
0: yes <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> because now all of the people it, like and it's always six and one half a dozen and the other right either we stay here and we die or we leave and we die what do we do
1: should i stay or should i go who knows? Um, and I know you got to go on a few here, so we can we can wrap it up pretty pretty quickly. Um, I wanted to talk about the ending because we we both mentioned it, but we haven't talked about it yet. Um, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, or at the beginning of the crit, um, the novella ending and the movie ending were wildly different, and Frank did the ending in such a way that King, Stephen King himself was like, I wish I wrote that. I loved it. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and I just think that it's so cool to have the original author of the work, like praise you, you for your new approval. ending. Yeah. yeah. And and and, ma- and made him say like, I wish that I wrote it, you know, because the novella ends on like a open, It uh, it's like open-ended. It, um, well, they, what is it? So the ending of the novella is they, they it plays out like the movie where they try to, go to um, David's home to get his wife or see if she's okay but in the novella it's the the way to the house is blocked by fallen trees there's no way they can get there there's no way so we don't even know if she's alive or not but we can assume you know she this perished so they drive on and they I think they make it to like um, um I want to say a hotel or somewhere they make it somewhere and they're oh my- trying to and they're trying to figure out how to go on, like what's next for them. And they're listening to the radio and they hear um Hartford on it. And so that might be, you know, like um um it's like I am legend. That might be like a place of refuge um, um or a place, you know, but they don't know that, but they're but they're going to try to make it there because what else have they got? So it ends it ends with them having like um a possible option of, of sanctuary of, of, just seeing what else is out there to help them survive, but they're still out, you know, in the mist. they made out the supermarket, but they're still out there. And they're just like, what's next basically is how that ends and how, oh, okay. the, and and how the movie itself ends is they run out of gas on the highway. They have no food, no water. And it's just, the hopelessness has reached a fever pitch. Pinnacle level. <laughs> David had brought the gun that um, Ollie had unfortunately dropped when he got killed by that crab creature. Um, and because he shot Mrs. Carmati, and I was so happy he died. Twice. He shot her twice, and also he saw, he, he used it on some of the, uh, the uh, bat dragon creatures as well. So there were only one, two... 3 four. 4 there were only 4 bullets left and mind you his son is asleep so everybody in the car like silently agreed that you know it, it's time to go there's i don't there's nothing there's nothing left there's no way out of this of the road so and it was just such a somber ending because the and this is again beautiful beautiful camera work because the way the camera went from person to person as they were taking it in like this decision that they are making that that this is it this is this is this is what it's come to this is what we're going to do um like the teacher um dan um the the new teacher, who was holding his son, she was the only one who was crying. And I want to ask you, Mel, who do you think he shot first?
0: He had to shoot the kid first.
1: I was gonna say I think he, like a like rip it off like a bandit. I think he had to do the hardest thing first, especially because the son woke up and probably saw right his before, yeah. saw his dad with the gun, and he just had this look on his face. And the way that that scene was shot, we don't see him shoot them like on the inside of the car the camera is set outside um and you just see the 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 gun flashes when -hmm. it goes off and i think you're right mel because the first shot there's a flash but there's there's no movement and the second shot is a flash but then it's like the the woman's body slumps over yep but i I
0: mean you have to shoot the kid first because otherwise you're shooting all these people and he wakes up what you gonna do that that So
1: I think he shot his son first, then he shot um, the teacher and her name, uh, Amanda. Then he shot Dan and then he shot um, Irene. He shot Irene and he couldn't shoot himself because was it the the gun jammed or he ran out of bullets? There weren't any more bullets. There
0: were only four.
1: He didn't have any bullets. So, And I have to give it up for Thomas Jane in this scene because just that... That tortured and anguish screaming and yeah I'm like I don't know where you have to go to pull your to pull that out of yourself but my God it's just again this movie was just very I I didn't, I don't think I never saw it in theater. so I don't know what it would have been like to be in the theater with so many people watching this shit play out and yeah. then to add insult to injury. Um, instead of it being a monster that's coming to get him, because he he leaves the car and he's just standing there waiting for death, it is like army um, envoys, full of rescued people and army personnel with guns and flamethrowers coming through. The mist is dissipating; they're burning it up like save the safety has come, sanctuary is here, um, the savior. It's all it's all done, and the fact that literally help was minutes away and now he's killed his son and these three other people for nothing so he just sinks he just sinks to his knees screaming in like this horrible anguish and it oh god it's so and and in the score that's happening during this like that 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 vocal that's going on it's just oh yeah. god it's so, yeah. it's so it's so it's so arresting it's so arresting. It's it's a lot, guys. The ending was very it, it was a lot. It was very, very heavy. Like I can't imagine being in the theater. Like, how do you how do you get up after that, Mel? How do you leave after that? I am be
0: surprised that it that the ending was able to stay. Like, you know how we oh, were talking about you... last week with the with the descent and how the oh, test audience is. Oh like,
1: my god, oh. that they think they you think they would have been too pussy to keep it in. Cause it would have been too much for our yeah. fragile souls and eyes. Fuck for that. Beating. I'm I'm glad they kept it in. I'm glad that King liked it. And I'm glad that Frank took a risk in that way because it's just so, not only is it like, there's no cliffhanger, it's not open-ended. It's very, there's a, there's a finality to it. It's just so like, damn, help was right there. But I think that's a big thing about the movie, you know, like um, wrong place, wrong time, because at the beginning, the, um, the 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 privates who came in they were on leave they're about to be out of town and like living it up um and they 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 stopped in the grocery store and that's their mp told them like you have orders to stay put and the craziness of that because they're just like what do they say um he said shit man another half an hour and we would have been gone mm-hmm. so they i don't know if they would have made it very far because as you see the mist it 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 was on the highway, but they wouldn't have been in that supermarket, which means they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have hung themselves, two of them wouldn't have hung themselves, and Private Jessup wouldn't have been stabbed three times Mm -hmm. and then sacrificed to the mist. And that was such a horrible scene where the butcher stabbed him three times, and um, David is screaming like, no, and they're holding him back because they don't want him to get hurt, and they just, again, the the hopelessness of stopping all of that chaos and craziness the way it just descended into that so yeah um i think uh and the last thing i wanted to say was mel you watched it i i only watched the pilot but uh the mist had also been adapted into um a show in
0: 2017 the tv show was so good i i was was so mad that they that they canceled canceled it. it
1: i didn't get past the first episode because i didn't i i didn't really i didn't get the it for me it wasn't translating well to a television series it didn't feel it didn't feel like they were doing a good enough job it didn't feel it wasn't it wasn't it, i wasn't able to catch on to it but now that i was now that mel is giving it her seal of approval i think that i will give it another chance soon
0: i think that the 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 best thing about the mist is the 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 interpersonal relationships that happen in this in this supermarket, right? Yeah. And with the TV show, it takes a long time, maybe not a long time, but it takes longer to get to those moments. And it's kind of George Romero-esque because they're stuck in a mall. But once we get into, you know, deception who's who's betraying who it gets a lot more interesting and then it gets back to the core of the the film that we kind of know and love and expect to happen
1: okay so yeah i'm gonna have to check that out but yeah guys the mist is a very well done uh very good horror movie um it is it is definitely like you know sci-fi horror um and but it's one of those that it just it really just gets in it it, it really sinks its its claws into your your psyche because like the mist it just really like washes over you and just takes hold and I also like the way the mist came over the parking lot the way it just it looked really sentient almost
0: yeah because I think that that's the cool thing of like how how did um the practical effects of having the mist stop (laughs) Like, I don't know. I, I know they were in a sound stage in Louisiana, but like, what did you do to make it not roll inside is my question.
1: Yeah, it was just like the way that it rolled over the parking lot, which is very well done. It reminded me of even though this came before it, it reminded me of um, in catching fire with with that mist or or I think it was fog in that one and, ha- and it was poisonous um i want i wonder if they were in, i wonder if i wonder if um suzanne collins was actually inspired by the mist for that i wouldn't be surprised good inspiration i
0: highly doubt that
1: um but anyway y'all that was the mist um by frank darabont uh and stephen king check it out really good all right so final curls mel final curls for you
0: i don't think i have anything just same stuff as always. I don't know. I'm sending out newsletters once a week now, so that's a
1: thing. (laughs) Hey, I'm glad to see them pop up my inbox. Um, I don't really have much to say either, just some repeat stuff, which is, you know, we're back on Apple Podcasts. So get on there. Catch up if you haven't. um, Leave us a review. We love those. Um, You know, slide in our inbox, you know. um, And then, again, everything, everywhere all at once opens up wide this Friday, which at the time of this airing is tomorrow. Please, please, if you um, feel comfortable enough to go to the theater, please go see it. Please, please. It is such ambitious filmmaking. It is why we make movies. It is why we have movies. It is a perfect showcase of what movies can be. And it is so beautiful, not just visually, but narratively and I just Daniels they did that shit everybody on that cast and especially the crew because uh Dan has been shouting out the crew all week long in his stories and it reminds me of Artists Unknown because you just get to see like like little pieces of everybody and what they did like to to have a handle on bringing Mm -hmm. this movie to life Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it's just it i just i love that i love that so much and the fact that this was an indie film and i really do think that it's going to be on so many um like um top 10 in a year list and i will not be surprised if it becomes a crown jewel of award season next year so please guys go check it out if you have no idea what i'm talking about even better uh, just walk in there with no expectations and have it blow you away I just I, I can't such a good film I, I don't think I felt this way about a film since I saw Parasite where it was just that surprising to me because it was just so it just blew me away completely yeah so yeah. good but okay, before we uh, go wait oh. I
0: forgot so speaking of films a documentary that I worked on premiered um this past weekend at the cleveland international film festival what so yay it's called a peculiar silence um i posted it on my instagram so if you want to check it out go do that Yay! yes yes
1: support our girl cheers to her all right y'all well um this has been another episode of scary crit and we will see y'all next week
0: Later on, podcast people.